This is Unfiltered Vitamin Z brought to you by Saeed. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Pop, pop. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for coming back to Season 13, Episode 7 Finale. I think. Let me see. <laughs> yeah. I'm listening to Big Shot right now. So, like, I'm like trying, I want to say a lot of things, but my mind's like going to a different place right now, which is usually the opposite. I'm usually listening to music to like hone me down, to have music as a distraction to actually make me focus. But now this is actually distracting me and it's making me hard to talk. But just because, yeah, listen to the song Big Shot. Um, okay, I know where I am right now. Power 106, I think, was the radio channel. I was watching an interview with Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace. And I was talking about, he said something about why were people like so eager to like get out of the mama house. He said, why not just stay at your mama house? The fact that you can, excuse me, how to burp, excuse me, about why ignore the fact that you could stay for as long as possible. Because uh, to me, it's like really stupid to move out, to leave. And then live in the same city your parents do. Like, why are you paying and working for some other shit to live in a place in the same city you got fucking family in? To me, that's dumb. Unless you're going to pursue something specifically, whether it be college or a job or whatever. And it's far away, obviously. But if you're in the same city, it's fucking... I don't know. I mean, of course, there's exceptions. But for most people, it's very unnecessary. Especially if you have kind parents that are not going to charge you for shit. Like, a lot of Arabs I know are like that. Like, especially with their daughters, not going to ask them for nothing. Like, they're going to actually be making money, living, and then still giving them extra money for shit. So, it's crazy. So, the fact that, like, no rent. And that seems like a big part, maybe, of, like, American culture stemming from white people, you know, living, like, just 18, getting out or getting out. That's your two options. Um, that sort of independent shit. But I think since, like... Because a lot of millennials, certain articles will talk about, oh, they don't have this much saved. And other articles talking about, oh, they have this much saved. So I think it's either two, there's still two big circles where some people are staying at home, saving, especially after the recession in 08, and still doing that. And then other people that know are moving out and and, and, and still following that classic example and shit. Um, but yeah, I think living home, saving, having a plan at least. Like, don't just be buying dumb shit. Like, my mom always told me, if you're going to be living with me and saving, all right, that's cool. But when you start to see kids spending money on dumb shit, then no. If you're going to spend money on dumb shit, then spend money on your own bills and your own place then instead. Otherwise, if you've got the opportunity for someone that's allowing you to save your shit, to have a plan and use that savings for something in the future to further your growth and further everyone's growth, then yeah, of course, take that advantage. And then, what else was I going to say? Yeah, Gary Vee talks about like that too, about not buying dumb shit. Just to, you know, for the fakeness, for the, to impress people you don't even like anyway. Because for me, for example, like, I was doing community college online for free. Or not online, sorry. I mean, it, during high school for free. And then senior year was full-time full at the community college. So I got to get a lot of credits that way. And then, what's it called? And then I didn't have to really pay for school either because a couple of scholarships and, you know, in-state tuition. So it wasn't that much anyway. And I got to save that because I got returns on the checks. So, I did, again, we had two cars and a four family of three people. One of them was paid off. And then I would have, like, 20 bucks every two weeks needed for a haircut. And then maybe once or twice a week 
a lunch at school while I was at school. But other than that, I wasn't spending money on anything else. And anything, any side jobs or anything that I did, I would give it to my mom to pay for the insurance or the car or something. And she would take that and save it for me instead. Because her, between her and my dad, they could afford what our expenses were. We lived within very reasonable means. So think about that in a long-term plan. So yeah, you might not be balling on a short term, but you got to allow yourself to save. Because savings, they're not just savings. Savings are not just shit to fall back on savings it's not even good to have a bunch of shit to hold because the bank don't do nothing for you savings are shit that you could later reinvest into something else you could later reinvest in yourself in a different not just education in terms of like a school or diploma but education coming from travel coming from experience come from trial and error that you learn from investing coming from trial and error that you learn from betting on yourself and seeing different things and meeting different people that in the long run and scheme of life do add up a lot and then i think that was one thing i want to talk about and then russ on another interview with big boy tv was talking about brand was talking about types of songs i think it was one song he was talking about was like i don't like to make those songs all the time but he quote said like it won't be off brand of me for being in a strip club like i'd like to have fun too so that's the funny thing where artists make certain types of songs that people be like huh but he's saying that no when you have that type of songs and you have so many different types of songs your fans and everything and everybody can hear and see that no that's like that's not weird or changing up or nothing like that like that is an aspect of you so there's certain things to share like certain things times when artists have very sad songs that they get told not to share but they know on the off chance that it does help somebody to keep that shit out there and then he also said quote like the organic fan base he gets just based off of him being himself and i think that's so important because that's essentially like what I feel like I've been doing, but I was, I'm always like scared to go off that, to be anybody that's not me. Cause that's, that feels like a weird feeling. And so many times you will always be misjudged being you or being not you. So why not be judged for the good things and the bad things for just being you? You know what I mean? Especially when he talks about growing an organic family that just fucks with you. Like, I was watching some videos on Wiz Khalifa's channel and him talking about how when he started touring and everything and, and developing relationships with people, he's like, yeah, this is great. Like, people fuck with me for, and I'm, I'm myself. Like, I really dress this way. I really walk this way. I really talk this way. Like, this is how I hang out. This is what I do. This is everything about me. And they generally fuck with that. So, to me, that's, like, the important thing because I think, I guess, this podcast, in a way, serves that purpose as well because there is a sort of thing need necessary of an emotional connection with people. It's necessary to move units for people to buy your albums, even, or especially after you make singles and features for, you know, fun shit, club shit, not real substance or conscious rap or real life shit, whatever you want to call it, but... When you have that emotional connection, people know where you, you know, as a person where you fucking stand and then what you actually produce, because sometimes it might feel like a disconnect on sometimes. But when you understand people and understand the mindset, because at the end of the day, who we glorify, you know, a lot of times I think about the song J. Cole, False Prophets. We think of these people like big time shit, but it's not really. They just all, we all are just the same people on the same boat doing the same shit. Plus, anyway, you know, media misconstrues everything. Sad people looking happy. But it'd be the same in real life. We always portraying something different. You know, I don't know about y'all, but I'm like an ogre or an onion. You know, shout out to um, shout out to Shrek. I got layers. Because we got different energy levels. You know what I mean? Not depending on the time of day, the week, the month, the year. 
the la, la época or the stage of your life. We got different layers. We 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 show we got different layers that we show that correlates all those times. So I think with that in mind then I hope y'all fuck with me. Check out the single smoothie. Smoothie um smoothie in parentheses L E um on my YouTube and then streaming platforms. So yeah. Cancel culture. That was something that was very interesting because I like one of the things of having a podcast like this, an audio, I guess, blog. And of course, I'm writing these posts into a little bit into um, my website, Zay.com. Go ahead and check that. Sign up for the email list. Bringing it back to our Filter Vitamin Z brought to you by Zay. Go follow Zay Music on Instagram and Filter Vitamin Z on Instagram. Interact with me. Shout out to me. I know I got a couple shouties from Columbus, Ohio. Been listening to They know who they are and I know who they are too. So thank y'all for listening too. I appreciate y'all. Um, San Jose, all the all the classic cities that still been that still been keeping up. I, I fuck with y'all. You know, it's like not a single podcast I put out has zero listeners, and that's like to me that's like fucking crazy. Like I'm I, I'm like God damn. Like, I, and it's not even like oh my. There's a guarantee my mom has listened to all of them. No, I think there's even some my mom hasn't been able to like listen to. So I got people that listen to me besides my fucking mom. That's incredible. That's a win right there. Shout out to my mom. Um, so yeah, the whole David Dobrik thing was kind of funny because he's a famous YouTuber and blogger and shit. For y'all that don't know the situation, then you can just skip this part. Or don't know who David Dobrik is, then yeah, you can skip this part. But he one time said in an interview something about like the dates of his vlogs. I mean, his vlogs always start with a specific date. So how he could go back and watch these vlogs and basically see the shit that, that they did. Because they were going to do that shit regardless, but now he records and puts in an entertaining format to share with the world, right? And of course, something might be exaggerated for entertainment purposes. But for me, it's the same thing with this, with this, with this podcast. It's documentation. It's discussing a journey. It's discussing me. It's discussing life. It's discussing different topics and creating questions and conversations that I want to share with the world. But at the end of the day, the whole point of this is to have... Or anything that I, I feel like we should, we should be sharing online is shit that we actually do in person. So I'm not going be overly posting about something if I don't read about it and have those conversations with people in real life. And there's certain times where I don't feel like it's even necessary to post on the internet because what does it fucking do? It's like a fake world to me. Like, with the whole Black Lives Matter and the protest and shit, like, it's convenient. It's real convenient when you're doing nothing at home on your phone anyway to just post shit, put a little black picture, whatever it fucking was, and do shit. Like, to me, it's like, or the farmers' protest. Like, I always fuck with farmers, and that's been a big, agriculture's been a big part of this podcast from the beginning, but I didn't really post about it when it was happening, not because, like, oh, well, people, like, people will say, you know, I'm not educated on the matter, but once I do, or whatever, some shit like that. No, it's nothing to educate. You read a couple fucking articles, and it's some, you know, some fuck shit that's happening. Farmers getting fucked over. That's it. That's the gist of it. I mean, not just trying to sound ignorant or anything like that, but at the end of the day, most of the issues we see, there's the layer as general people that we need to know, which is basically some fucked up shit happening to, happening to some people by fucked up people. Simple as that. Like, people ask me, damn, I don't really, I know Palestine, but I don't really know what's going on there. There's some fucked up shit happening to people that don't really deserve it, and the people doing it fucked up. That's it. That's always almost any situation. Now, is there complexities? Is there different arguments? Is there different histories and whole bunch of different factors? Of course. But you can't expect everybody to know all these different logistics and different little factors over every fucking situation. Because that's the responsibility of media. That's the responsibility of news for us to be telling us all these different factors, all this different shit, to give us the surface and behind the surface. But as personalities, like, I don't think... Why certain influence, like, when I hear other influence, when I hear other people on their podcast, when I hear other people on the social media and getting asked, like, oh, y'all didn't, y'all post about this, but you didn't say anything about that. 
I don't really see that as, as, as anybody's fucking job. Like, unless you were the news. Why is it your job to be always putting our hearts go out to these people? You know, it's like, stop Asian hate racism. Like, yeah, no shit. But why does it make anyone's job if you're not the news to be constantly talking about that shit and posting about it? And every time something little happens, to be giving a fuck about it. Because at the end of the day, there's only so much fucks we can fucking give. Like, imagine you be taking a shit. This is how I hate news and hate applications. You be taking a shit. You be doing something weird and random and all of a sudden it says, um, fucking massacre in this region of Africa. You be like, God damn, 12 people, women raped in India. And you just be doing, having some fun shit. Like, and then you just delete that notification like it was nothing, but it's not nothing. Some people just died. Some motherfucker just got raped. Like, that's horrible ass shit. That's like, makes it difficult now to carry on through your fucking day knowing that that shit just happened. Like, God damn. Like, I was not expecting that. Like, that, like, the way that it disturbs that fucking peace, like, no one is left alone now, not just, obviously some shit is still fucking happening, and of course, I'm not saying, like, my pain of knowing is worse than what those people actually went through, but does that make, how hard is it to actually care, like, Dave Chappelle talked about that shit, you know what I'm saying, like, before it was like, how you gonna care about something when, you know, there's a constantly, about one thing when there's constantly everything happening, there's constantly something happening, because we're overburdened with information, we're overburdened with with notifications and shit like it's not like the world was worse or better now no there's certain things that are a lot better now but we but the little things that still suck out there we constantly get notified about that shit and that's fucking ridiculous it's like god damn so yeah back to the whole david dobrik cancer culture shit it was, i mean i don't really follow i don't really know what's happening online I just heard what i saw him talk about and apparently some big issue about sexual assault about some allegations about one of his friends and based off a video that he was in or a video that he recorded at least or some shit like that um and there's other allegations from other people that he used to make videos with and, and shit like that i don't really understand the situation nor do i really give a fuck what i know is I always fuck with David Dobrik because the videos were funny. A lot of people fuck with him because the videos were funny. But now that shit real happened, they not funny no more. And to me, that always felt like whatever the allegations are, whatever it's not, I'm just going to say like an opinion of mine and how I've seen different things a lot of time when it comes to white folk. There's the entertaining. There's a laughter factor. When you do shit for them, that's funny. Whether it's they don't really give a fuck about your health or your well-being or shit like that but as long as you're making them laugh all right cool you cool with them the second you're not funny or they laughing at something else you done one. that's just i mean i'm just i'm just gonna i'm just gonna be real with y'all you know what i'm saying that's just how i've seen things that they they just they like to laugh at you a lot of times why other cultures and other people can roast the shit out of other people and be okay with it like with arabs or latinos or black people because anytime we say something and roast the fuck out of you and we all laugh we all laughing together with white people every time you say something to them they take that shit so personal like you laughing at them why because that's what they do to other people they be laughing at people and that's why this whole like cancel culture to me is like so bullshit. Like Madison Beer in the interview was talking about that this power of like putting people on is at the same level as taking them off. That you can just as quick as you someone got put on, as quickly as you can take them off for whatever shit they did or said. Like when it comes to the sexual assault thing, like I, I was always like made fun of and shit like that about po polygamy and Arabs being sexist and shit like that. When it comes to like, here's the thing, sexism is such a funny thing because a lot of times it plays into the 
favor and comfort and protection of women rather than the reverse and a lot of women like that but don't want to admit it because they want to label themselves as feminists now you may not just fuck what i just said or exactly understood but let me just give you some examples like I, me and my homie he's, he was um he's argentinian and we had like quite a few female roommates and other girls that lived in the building and they'd be over hanging out and i was sitting eating and we were at the in the kitchen now when a new girl came he what's it called she's european he gave up his seat to her and then grabbed another seat from the living room and brought it over and she was like oh wow see that's so nice blah 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 uh what, what he just did you know it's like that's latin culture they just want to make you feel welcomed you know a european dude wouldn't have done that yeah because a european guy wouldn't have done that because y'all keep telling them white european dudes about equality and about how you want your own shit so he would not have given up your seat to him the latino him me and him are still on this sexist mindset we're like yeah you the girl you need to be cushioned up you need to be protected a little bit you need that little comfort let me give up my seat to you you instead of telling you to go grab a seat like you could have done when you walked into the kitchen you passed the living room on your way and you saw all of us sitting and eating so you could easily pulled up a chair or just remain standing you didn't have to accept when he offered his chair to you so to me that's like that's like bullshit you know what i'm saying it's like it's complete bullshit or like you know talking about men being chivalrous and shit opening the door and taking care of you or how about equality until the bill lands on the on on the table you know what i'm saying now i met a lot of girls that tell me they don't want to have nobody pay for them especially on the first date because you're just getting to know somebody and you don't want to feel like you owe nobody nothing i don't mean sexually i just mean money wise like you know what i'm saying it's just the first fucking date but people like that most people like that men like doing it a lot of men like doing it, especially if they can afford it. And a lot of women like receiving it, like that sort of appreciation. Like, you the man, you asked me for to spend my time with you, and you pay for the date. But that's all that old mindset. That's the old sexist shit. So you can't ask for... But again, then it needs to be clear on what the demands are. It needs to be clear of like, okay, let's get rid of the bad sexist shit and keep the good things. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's what it needs to be. Because, for example, in Middle Eastern culture, like how to start a fight, there's an area called Hebron, El Khalil, in, um, in more southern Palestine. And that shit is like, in terms of the issue they have to deal with when it comes to Israel occupation and forces and all and the, and the kids there, they real motherfuckers out there. They real men because of the shit they got to go through. That's like, that's like South Central. That's like Harlem. That's... That's the shit they deal with when it comes to the government and all the politics and the violence and shit. It's some real issues. But it's also like, I guess in terms of like sexism, probably let's say one of the more sexist areas, for example. Or more protective and, and have a very specific view on women. My aunt, you know, when I'm there with my aunt, she, she told me like, you know how to start a fight here? It's like, I can just bump into a dude and yell that he touched me or that he did something to me. And then before I even blink, six dudes are going to be on him beating his ass. Now, like, that's how quick shit would happen. A lot of girls would have told me that certain guys would catcall them. And not catcall in the way that's like humor i guess in a very disrespectful like uncomfortable way and walking with them and talking to them in a very weird uncomfortable way and then no one else in the public area would say or do anything versus that wouldn't happen what in a situation that i just described because that's not like a joke like how my aunt really said that shit like yelled out or said something or just told the next dude like yo this dude said this to me that dude's ass would have been done for it would have beat the fuck out of him in a heartbeat so that's how you start a fight Simple as that. And in some of David's videos, you know, the shit wasn't that funny in the first place. Like, all the college kissing and shit, you know, they were just spreading hella cooties. To me, that's the way I see it. I don't really see that shit as that funny. But 
it's his channel so yeah he takes that responsibility but if i'm filming other people and sort of expecting and wanting other people to do a bunch of crazy shit so i have something to film and document i would have made instead of my channel like zedo channel or zai channel or david dobrik channel i would have made it david dobrik's vlog squad as a producer right not just his channel so so if it's only making fun of friends and filming them do hella shit and not him being in front of the camera that often then why not from the start have their own channel and then spread the wealth spread that shit that way you take responsibility split it right if someone does some fucked up shit like sexual assault is you know what i'm saying that's that's jail time because as uncomfortable as it is to be a person that filmed it or be a person that was somewhere in the situation while it went down you know your little discomfort of what happened is nothing compared to what that poor young lady has to actually deal with the physical trauma and the emotional emotional shit attached to it for the rest of her life so there has to be accountability and why not better accountability when the shit would have been shared in the first place so so it kind of goes like that way if you wanted to have the channel the recognition and build your brand up of course your friends get little clout too because of that then the whole responsibility and accountability falls on top of your head at the same time but had it been shared because like wild and out it's nick cannon's uh, Nick Cannon presents Wild and Out, so it should be more of a producer situation rather than you just constantly wanting your friends to like do shit to give you content. That's the way I see it, at least. How long have I been talking? Twenty-one minutes. Goddamn. So yeah, and then here's another thing. I think Mia Khalifa said, if I'm not mistaken, in the interview. I could be mistaken. But I agree, whoever said it, and I totally agree with it, was talking about the shit that you would do that got you on, how you talked and how you carried yourself and what you would say and do. All of a sudden, you have to like monitor it and filter it out so much once you do get on. And to me, it's complete bullshit. Like, I ain't gonna be apologizing for shit once I'm hella famous and got all these millions of followers and fans because that's not like, I'm not, that's not what I'm saying, like, is the fucking goal. But if I was in that situation, why would I apologize for being the same type of person that got myself to this position in the first place that got people to fuck with me in the first place so i don't make no fucking sense you know what i'm saying i guess i don't know i think that's literally if, if i remember correctly, that's another dave Chappelle joke i'm talking about martin luther king getting a sneaker deal like we don't want you to like if him getting his, he was talking about pacquiao getting his shoes taken away yeah, that's another thing pacquiao's opinions were his opinions about homosexuals and the second he shares them publicly he gets like you know so much in trouble for it but that's his fucking opinion so it's okay for him to say that shit behind closed doors all the fucking time but the second he shares it publicly he's gonna get you know money's now in in, in a the money's now able to be taken away from him because of that like and martin luther king is like yeah we love the walking the marching all that shit but don't be talking about this civil right bullshit and it's like well i'm confused i thought that's why i had a sneaker deal in the first place so it's, it's weird. It's a totally, like, weird fucking situation. So, I'm going to enjoy this time right here where I can say a bunch of shit and, you know, not have to really deal with the consequences, put it that way. Because there's only four of you motherfuckers listening to me anyway. So, perfect. We don't keep rolling with this for as long as possible. And then, once I have a bunch of money that every little word that I say is going to be under a fucking microscope, I can dip and say, fuck.
the people because at the end of the day, the people make the best and worst out of any situation. Your job, pretty much any job in the world could be as dope as it is, as dope as can be, or as horrible as it can be simply based off the people you had to do that shit with. You know, being a fucking janitor don't suck. Like, oh, I'm a fucking janitor. I got nothing else to live for. But if you fucking with cool people and you live a life with dope people, it ain't even gonna fucking matter. But if you're the CEO of like dealing with so much bullshit from so many people and have a bitch-ass wife and have asshole kids and your neighbors ain't shit too. It's like all these fucking issues, it's gonna fucking suck. Completely gonna fucking suck. So I'm blessed right now. The few people I do fuck with in my life really fuck with me too, as far as I can tell. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. Because if you listen to this, then I fuck with you. Like you an instant homie if you listen to this shit. And here's the thing, you a homie, even if you out home like... You ain't got to agree with me on none of that, none of that fucking shit. Most of my closest friends, any most of the people I fucking admire, I don't agree with them on most of the shit they say. But I agree with the fact and how they say it and why they say it. You know what I'm saying? Because I agree like, hey, man, that person's fearless. They just sharing this shit with the world. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I never used to agree with most of what Kanye would say publicly. I fuck with his music. Obviously, he was a fucking genius. But it's a like Russ said, it's a fearlessness that this dude has to like literally tell share exactly what he cares about in the world. And Russ said that most people can't even do that in a room full of 20 students to share what they actually 100% feel. And I feel like I would get mad when someone in a college class would be like apologize before they start expressing their true opinion, saying some real shit. And they'd be like, I'm sorry, this offends anyone. Blah, blah, blah. Like, who gives the fuck who you trying to offend or offend or not offend? Like, it is not your job to worry about who will get offended. Like, why? Why this whole offensiveness is, 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 I don't know. It's fucking ridiculous. I'm going to keep talking if, if I don't cut myself up. So, again, if you listen to this, get to this point, sign up for that email list at Zaid.com. Exclusive uh, content with making songs and podcasts specifically for people on that email list. You get a free music download upon signing up. You get a future giveaways when I get my money. Uh, ojalá, inshallah, meaning God willing. Um, in the future, you know, I can be doing giveaways and prizes and shit like that. Specifically to the people on that email list. I'll be sending out kind of like little newsletters, little stories here and there, just ways that I feel like for people to that list that, because most people on that list, you know, they all like know me personally, you know, we just can like find another way to give y'all value, you know what I'm saying? So again, you got to this far, hit Zaid music on Instagram, listen to my music, because I explain a lot of, if you fuck with me, believe me, even if you don't listen to my genre of music, you're going to fuck with the music. Um... As I grow, you're going to see that because that's what I talk about here too. You, at least you will understand the lyrics too uh, and sort of what I mean behind them. Because there's so many different layers, so many different things. Like 2 Chainz said on 85 South that he likes to put his shit out there in front of you. But also you got to look for it too. And that's a way why I feel like I describe my shit too. Where it's there in front of you, but it's not there at, at the same fucking time. So sign up for the email list. I'm filter vitamin Z on Instagram, God damn it. DM me, ask me some fucking questions or something. Shit, because I know you listening. Don't be hesitant like slide in that bitch you know what i'm saying so again thank you so much for listening i appreciate it i hope the rest of you all have like enjoyed the rest of your great week and um have a great fucking weekend and um yeah just keep living peace out